Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. I'm joined here tonight by a man whose uh, new audio engineering experience can be described as mostly harmless, Ben. Greetings, Chris. How's it going tonight? Uh, it's going not too bad. It's not, not too bad. Uh, we are also joined by uh, Lisa Vu from Vu's Review. Hello, Lisa. Hello. Hello. How are we all doing this week? I'm doing uh, very good. well. Thanks, Chris. I'm kind of nervous. This is all very last minute, and I really hope my internet holds up, because my internet connection is kind of rubbish, as I've been saying to everybody for ever. Yeah, it does all seem to be uh, based a little bit on upstream, and most of us do seem to be struggling with that a bit. And how are you, Lisa? How's your week been? I'm good. My upstream's fine. I'm not struggling. <laughs> no, I'm good, though. I'm good. Thank you. Yes, excellent. Excellent. Wow, have you guys had much of a chance to play the latest releases uh, of Illy Dangerous? I have, yes. Uh, I've Excellent. been playing a wee bitty. Um, I'm still flying around in my Type 9 trying to make some money. But I've also went off after the false news yesterday. I headed off to the BD plus 03 whatever system looking in search of the nasty, horrible Federals who are building a sneaky ship. And I thought, that's just disgusting behaviour. It wouldn't catch me doing anything like that. And I thought, right, I'll go along and do some interdictions. And then I found that they're not actually doing anything. Uh, Well, that's a disappointment. I managed to get some time in, uh, and then uh, it spectacularly broke because, for some reason, my computer forgot that it had DirectX 9 anymore. Uh, And so I had to... Before I realised that that was the problem, I'd uninstalled uh, and reinstalled again. So I wasted an awful lot of time. Um, so yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> and then I, then I was like, oh, load it up. Oh, all of my X fifty two Pro settings are gone. And then I had a bit of a cry. So yeah. Ah, uh, oh dear. Well, uh, for those of you, is anyone in game at the moment, or either of you guys actually in game? I'm not, unfortunately. Okay, so apologies to anybody tonight who's gathering outside Lave Station uh, expecting to bump wings with the Lave Radio crew. Uh, we are a slightly depleted Sidewinder cast uh, this week, um, and that means that actually nobody is loitering around the station, uh, you know, probably looking for easy kills or to make trouble. So um, anyway, welcome. I, I myself, I must apologise, I've not had much of a chance to play the latest release of Elite Dangerous. Um, good news for those of you that know that I'm working on the official Elite Dangerous audio books. Uh, we are, you know, I am well into the Lave Revolution full cast audio drama, and that's coming on lovely. But it does mean I don't have much time to actually play Elite. Um, so, uh, moving on, we have had some development news. We've had a huge update from the developers um, about the latest changes to the game. The biggest thing really being wings. Um, but before that, I just wanted to, to, to mention now, they've said that uh, they've improved Frontier uh, are taking steps to improve their customer support. Um, Lisa, do you have any sort of thoughts on this or detail about what they're doing? Uh, I, I desperately hope that they, they're taking steps. Uh, what those steps are is sort of unknown to us, not really. I imagine they're probably managing to hire some more support staff because they're basically constantly advertising for that on their website, as far as I can tell. Um, so I imagine that they're probably really trying to drive uh, getting people into those, into those support roles uh, so that they can sort of start to turn around those tickets. Um, I'm not sure what 
ticket turnaround time is currently. Uh, I know that one of mine actually got replied to very, very quickly. So um, maybe maybe some of our listeners can let us know if they've had any experiences of, of what their wait times currently are and whether they've seen an improvement. Well, for what it's worth, I handed in a ticket regarding some lost money due to the crashing bug where... Oh, you know the one where basically your ship was made out of tinfoil, and if you bumped into anything, you exploded? Um, I lost around about 5 million credits in that, and I submitted that ticket about two weeks ago, and I've just gotten a refund just coming through today, so... I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's what I it th- is. I think that's probably an improvement on, on, on previous, so... Yeah, no, no, it sounds like it. So it does sound like uh, Frontier Field that perhaps the delays in the uh, ticketing system were due to just, just the sheer amount of tickets they were getting from people. Um, so hopefully, hopefully they'll be on top of that now. It does sound good if you've had uh, quick responses back from them, because I had a ticket out with them over Christmas, and I think after about a month, I got an email from them saying, is this still an issue? Uh, if you don't reply to us, we're going to close it. Um, so there was obviously a huge backlog post-release. Um, but the big part of the, the dev update is obviously the release of Wings. Um, then what they've said is that players can group together in a, a conceptual wing of four players. Uh, and the thing that's particularly interesting about what they're saying about it is that effectively you're forming a sort of, you know, like a group in the classic sense of the game, but you don't actually have to be in the same location. Uh, have you tried this at all, Ben? We can't try it yet because it's not actually live. No. <laughs> Uh, and it's not until next week. Oh, well, see, this is how behind I am. Sorry, everybody. As I say, I've been working and skiing and not playing Elite. Um, so this is what's coming. Okay, excellent. Do you have any thoughts on it, Ben? What are they going to do? I love the idea. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I was starting to do some stuff for interdictions and trying to stop the Federals taking over this this system and building the the oh the capital ship. And I think if I could work together with a group of like-minded Imperials, then that's going to make life a lot easier, a lot more fun, better communication is always good. Yeah, 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 totally. Now, interesting, one of the things they've said about the, the wing system is they've worked quite hard on on integrating your connection to, to the rest of your wing onto the user interface. Um, but I think, you know, but also because of that, um, they're restricting the number of players that can form a wing to four. Now, there's some interesting reasons for that. I mean, part of that, they have said, is the, the user interface. Um, but there also seems to be this feeling that um, because of the, the because of the way the instancing works in Elite Dangerous, they don't want a group of players to form a wing that basically maxes out an instance, and they're therefore the only players in it. So... Um, I mean, there have been games in the past that have kind of restricted multiplayer to um, to sort of four. I'm thinking of things like, uh, I'm sort of looking at you, Lisa, I'm thinking of things like um, Fantasy Star Online and um, uh, maybe even Monster Hunter a little bit. Yeah, I mean, your standard your standard party size for most um, multiplayer, massively multiplayer games, in fact, tends to be five. And so I was maybe a little bit surprised that they hadn't gone with um, five as a number. But obviously, like you said, one of the restrictions that they cited was the user interface, which is fair enough. Um, but also, if you think about it in terms of um, a percentage of the 32-player instances, four and increasingly five is quite a lot of that allocation. So they had to, you know, they had to clearly draw a line somewhere. Um, I, I think somebody said that, 
uh, four is the magic number. I'm not entirely sure why four is the magic number now. I thought it was three. Uh, and, you know, like I said, typical party size tends to be five. But whatever works, it's just nice to have wings, I think. I think this is Michael Brooks' attempt at humour. <laughs> okay. That, that's interesting, though, what you say, Lisa, because you say that the traditional group size is five. I mean, just obviously going completely off tangent. Is there a reason for that, why it's five in a lot of other games? I think in um, in traditional MMOs, they tend to be based on a class system. And so to be able to achieve, uh, excuse me, uh, achieve party balance, you usually need one of each role or one of each class, whereas Leap doesn't really have that sort of mechanic in it you know you don't have anybody who's a healer or you don't have anybody who's a support or a tank or whatever else i mean you could potentially you know try and make those roles happen though it'd be very very difficult because you know there's not not the mechanics that you have in like sort of fantasy based games um so i imagine they were more happy with just going merits for and that's it sort of thing because you're not filling roles you're just filling slots yeah yeah Sorry, did you in true late radio fashion? Did you take a bite of something because you thought I was finished with you? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. And now this uh, this ability to form wings actually comes with a bunch of other uh, features, which sound interesting. Uh, in order to be able to travel together, you can actually uh, somehow link your frame shift drives together. I think this might be by locking onto one of the other players in your wing. Uh, and selecting that you want to to, to link your frame frame drive together, um, but that's interesting. And the other thing is that because of the ability of players to now effectively have much more coordinated co-op play, um, they're upping the difficulty on some of the unidentified signal sources. Um, so what they're basically saying is that if you're flying around solo, you may land on a USS which is really designed for players in wings. Which is an interesting way of doing it, um, but they have indicated that you're going to be able to scan unidentified signal sources before heading to them, which I think, I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I personally think that when you're doing a lot of missions, being able to get some idea of what the thing is before you jump into it is actually going to be really helpful. I think if the target is large enough, then absolutely, you know, it seems feasible that you should be able to scan for it. Anything that's a bit smaller, then no, I'd probably say not, but... It seems fair enough to just to make sure that you're not going to jump into something that you're going to be massively underpowered for. Yeah, no, no, maybe. I suppose I'm just thinking about the, the random element of jumping into USSs and just finding the thing that you're not interested in. I mean, there have been times when I've been looking for, you know, drifting art um, <clears throat> and I've jumped into a signal source and it's turned out to be some sort of wedding party. And to be honest, I've actually been tempted to just shoot them all up just in frustration that they're not the thing I'm looking for. Uh, but I don't know. To be don't fair, know after, having, after having to plan a wedding myself, uh, I would want to shoot up a wedding party as well, because they probably appreciate it, actually. <laughs> Excellent. Now, I've been pointed out, um, people are asking us um, why this is episode 51. Um, I'm, I'm perhaps not the best person to explain it because I think it's a very odd idea, but uh, essentially we realised in the Orange Sidewinder that our 50th episode was approaching and that that 50th episode would coincide fairly neatly with the second year anniversary of the beginning of this podcast. Um, what we also realised was that it hadn't occurred to us in any kind of time to actually make it a proper anniversary episode. 
So somebody, I'm not sure who, came up with the idea that this would be episode 51 and that episode 50 would appear somewhere down the line. Um, I, I'm not really sure what to make of that. What do you think, Ben? I'm probably in the same position you are, to be honest. To me, episode 50 is episode 50, two years is two years. But we live in a wibbly-wobbly, timely-wimey thing, so hey We do, we do. Okay, well, we're going to take a... Uh, oh, hang on. Yeah, we're going to take a uh, short musical or advert break and come back in a couple of minutes. Right, well, wish me luck, everyone. I'm going to press a random button. I don't know what it's going to do. Are you thinking of suing over missile Python protection insurance? Had an accident in an airlock or slipped in a space station cargo bay and thinking of suing for compensation? Well, don't. Try to take my ship commander to court for making fertiliser out of my crewmates. Legal fees have left me with nothing, and now I'm hungry. All the time. At Watt and Pritney, we take small print very seriously. We have a massive team of lawyers just waiting to block your case and ramp up your legal costs. I wanted a simple, no-win, no-fee arrangement. My case got blown out of the water by Watt and Pritney, and now I have to rent out my arse for hydrogen fuel. At Watt and Pritney, we have a saying. If you don't want a beating, stay out of our court. I was savaged by a wild creature whilst fixing a vending machine. Can't I claim compensation? No, you can't. Because we have a massive team of lawyers and you're just someone who works for a living. What and Pritney. Don't even think about it. And we are back. Okay, now there's a little bit more to that update. Um, one of the things that Frontier have been keen to address is perhaps some of the random behaviour with the uh, AI-controlled ships um, flying in and out of the space stations and... Uh, Yes, in all other ways, providing a bit of a hazard to traffic. Um, has anyone seen any, have either of you guys seen any really bizarre behaviour by AI ships coming into dock? All yeah. the time. Yes, definitely. Excellent. Well, this should improve things massively. Now, there's a note here that I don't understand. I'm hoping someone can explain it to me. Uh, it says, DC puts full pips to sis. What does that mean? Hang on, is that fuzzer code? It might, I'm not sure if this is cut and pasted straight from the developer update or whether this is someone else's creative shortcutting. Well, DC generally means disconnect in online terms. So <laughs> I know um, what it means. It means docking computer, and it is, it's directly from what Sarah Jane Avery's been writing. Ah, and there you go, Ben right. can decipher it. Yeah. Okay. So, docking computer puts full pips to this. Okay, excellent. Yeah, one of the weirdest things I've seen, not so much while docking, but while taking off, um, I came up out of the lift, and literally, like, on top of my pad, there was this burnt-out blackened hull of a destroyed ship just floating, like, right in front of me. I had to wait for it to drift past before I could even take off. That's bizarre. But either way, now the uh, AI ships should conform to the rule of um, docking on the green side of the port uh, and also exiting on the green side of the port. So as long as the ships are big enough to uh, the right size uh, to pass, things should be a bit easier. I hope so, because I mean, uh, just saying, actually, anecdotally, um, you saw the weird landing pad crash. Um, I've seen AIs go head for the envelope uh, and crash in to the to just beneath it inside the station and i've seen one that sat right inside the envelope and not move oh, yeah, that's that. i saw a lovely thing the other day actually with a type 9 just gently thrusting above the toast rack just I'm like there, i'm pretty sure that npc is trolling me right now 
<laughs> so I'm pretty sure these NPCs are trolling us right now, just sat in the envelope like, no, I'm not going to move. Mm, it does feel like that. Um, I have to admit, <laughs> I'm a bit naughty. I just kind of put full pips to shields and push them out of the way. <laughs> Bumper car style. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. We have had, since the uh, last podcast, we have had another newsletter. We have had newsletter... Uh, which one is it? I was going to say 51. That's us, isn't it? We have had newsletter 63. There's some interesting things in this. I'm going to jump straight down. And um, there is the Frontier Developments outing to RAF Benson. Uh, basically, Frontier took a trip to a, an RAF site, uh, and some of the uh, Frontier team were able to fly a Merlin Mark III simulator uh, and also take part on a bit of a uh, marksmanship range um, with some of the... Um, officers there. Now, what do we think about this? I, I wanted to, um, uh, do you know what really occurred to me when they were doing this was I was thinking somewhere along the line, Frontier are going to be tackling planetary landings and suddenly they're going to an RAF base and, and flying a, a kind of atmospheric aircraft simulator and playing around with rifles and doing some first person shooting in a real first person sense. What do we think? Do we think this is do we think this is research for the next stage of Elite Dangerous, or do we think this is a nice sort of corporate day out to say thank you to people for all their hard work to date? Why can't it be a bit of both? I'd have to agree with Ben. You know, I think David Braben was there. Um, I saw Adam, I think I saw Mike, um, Mike Evans, and I can't remember who the other people in the photographs were, but you know, they had a lot of the producers there, it looked like. And they're the kind of people who need to learn about how this is meant to feel and what kind of things they've got to maybe take into place. Okay, okay. So so massive guesswork of the week then. Do we think the um, for planetary landings, do we think that the ships are going to handle very differently in atmosphere to what we're currently used to in a vacuum? Well, gravity gets you down. Quite. <laughs> There is that. Um, but there's also, you know, the whole wind shear thing. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, we know from all kinds of stuff that's in Elite Dangerous with all of the star mapping and all of the other um, sort of planetary things they're simulating here. I mean, obviously, entry into an atmosphere is an incredibly difficult and, you know, traumatic thing for a vessel to go through. Just, do, do we think that's something that Frontier are going to... Uh, you know, include in the game is the, the the full horror of atmospheric entry. I think I think they've probably taken away some design ideas from it, though. I think um, maybe let's not forget that they were invited by one of the ED ambassadors, who happens to be an RAF flight lieutenant, handily. Oh, okay, Lieutenant Lisa, you're not American. <laughs> no, it says flight lieutenant in the newsletter. That's not my fault. It's pronounced Lieutenant Christ. It? It's true, actually. It is true, actually. Yeah, it's spelt that way in English, but it is pronounced Lieutenant. Well, that's just yeah. silly. I, I agree. English is spelt very silly. <laughs> it's a ridiculous language. He wouldn't use it anyway. Whatever. Meh. I, I, I had the opportunity to learn it quite young because they, they made it a point in one of the episodes of Dempsey and Makepeace. Well, that there's, doesn't aid you at all. There's an old, there's an old reference. <laughs> I was never allowed to actually watch that. Oh no, Saffron and Steel I wasn't allowed to watch. Oh no, that, that's very different to Dempsey and Makepeace. Yes, yes it is. I, I'm not even sure. Era, though, isn't it? What's that? It's, yeah, it's a similar era. 
same early 80s era. Yeah, I'm not sure I could adequately describe Dempsey and Makepeace. It felt a bit like a um, a weird British version of Heart to Heart to me. I don't know. Wow, yeah. that's... W- what? <laughs> Excellent. Well, moving swiftly on before we get caught up in 80s TV reminiscences. Uh, the peak of the week. Yay. Yay, the vulture. It looks pretty swish, let's be honest. It does look pretty swish, yeah. And do you know what? It took me a while to get... I think I was trying to... I think my brightness was turned down a bit too far. I thought I was looking at a picture of the outside of the ship. And I was thinking, what the hell is that? And then I realised, no, no, that is actually the cockpit. Um, You thought that was the outside of the ship? My brightness was very low on my phone, and it was a very small image. I thought it was some sort of weird turret thing. Yes, blame blame the tools, Chris. Blame the tools. (laughs) And then I realised, oh no, that's like two chairs, one in front of the other. Um, so if we get co-op in the same ship, you will be able to spitball the back of the pilot's head, which is nice. Especially once we get first-person shooters and pea and pe- and pe- shooters in the game and things. <laughs> yeah. I said drive. <laughs> <laughs> mush, mush. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> when do whips become... <laughs> Sorry, no, we're going um, to have to start saying in my pants again, aren't we? <laughs> You might have to. No self-control. <laughs> if I go on about whips, I will. No self-control at all. No self-control. But, um, no, I mean, it looks really nice. And I have to say, from my point of view, it's nice to see as well some of the, you know, because I've been working so closely with a lot of the fiction. Um, the Vulture is a is a craft that comes up in, you know, one or two of the, um, one or two of the bits of writing. So it's nice to see some of these things kind of making it to release uh, and kind of filling out the ship roster a little bit. Yeah, although I think Frontier made a slight boo-boo because a lot of people were thinking from some of the wording that was said that the... Oh, the Federal Corvette, I think it was? Yeah. Um, There was an indication that the Federal Corvette was going to be in 1.2 as well as being the largest player uh, flyable ship. But that's definitely not the case, because that was confirmed by one of the devs, I can't remember who it was, that we're only going to get the Ferdinand and the Vulture. Interesting. I wonder if the the additional size of the Corvette as a player vehicle has uh, run into some testing issues. Well, I I mean, if you think about, if it's going to be the largest player pilotable ship, and some of the larger ones that we have available now like how are you going to refuel it mm. like that's that's a whole other set of problems right well, it still has to be doc max so it can't be a huge amount wide but no but it is con- it is considerably larger than i saw somebody put down some comparison charts uh, in like side by side sizes like actual sizes and it's vastly bigger than anything else and, you know, when you feel like you're scraping the sides in anything through through the pace box now, I, I just don't know how you're going to, to be able to deal with, with the Corvette. Very, very carefully. Well, yeah. Well, there was talk, you know, some time ago we were talking, I remember on the podcast, about the ability to, for larger ships to kind of attach via tether to the outside of the station think this is something is this something they're likely to revisit or maybe outposts like maybe outposts would have a tether because they tend to be technically static Mm. but anything that's spinning like that's that's going to be awful yeah brilliant i'd love the idea 
You'd need like a counter rotating section, wouldn't you? But it's worse than even in flight fueling for our kind of aeroplanes, right? That's a tricky enough (laughs) manoeuvre as it is. Is it really though? Because, you know, you approach the station and maybe you can manually engage um, auto rotation. No, but auto rotation is a lie! You're I just going to turn your co- Corvette into a yo-yo, basically. <laughs> but you know how, basically, as soon as we fly through the docking ring, we magically control where we are in position to the station. Oh, I see why what you're saying. Yeah, why can't we just maintain relative position to the station and then align docking and just slide in, say, to the back of the station or something like that? Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is all getting very theory-crafty, isn't oh, it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a nice. There, it would be interesting if there was a, a place for one ship to dock, sort of in the still point of the rotation. So you could kind of, you know, on the back of the, assuming it's a Coriolis, on the other side of the station, on the opposite side to the um, to the opening, you could almost kind of dock nose first and rotate with the station and just clamp it in place. I like the suggestion that somebody's making it in the uh, chat where you could just contact the station to send out a refueling ship. Yeah, like a little launch. That'd be cool. I quite like that idea. It sense to be docking back first, as it were, because every ship so far in the game has got a big, well, it's got a main cargo door at the back, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You just just reverse into the back of the Coriolis or some appropriate location on on an Orbis or something like that. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just obviously harder to see because we don't have the traditional elite rear-facing view. Uh, yes, <laughs> that I think that I think maybe some people were expecting. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. So Snuffler in the chat has also said that they thought um, David Braben had said that the Corvettes would be parked on the outside of the station somehow. Maybe magnetic clamping, something like that. Something like that. Some form of hand waving. Quite. <laughs> Well, I guess whenever it comes, we'll eventually see. But it's always fun to guess, and I, yeah. I love theory crafting. It's so, it's more fun than playing the real thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've we've made two years worth of podcasting out of it, so I'd say that has to be true. Definitely. <laughs> also confirmed then for one point two is the third alliance. Now this has to be a big one for people, doesn't it? I mean, this is this is the ship that everyone. I mean, I'm not really. I don't think I've really necessarily knew about the Ferdinand's thing. I think maybe because I was more of a frontier player than an elite player. But I remember right back from the the beginning of my involvement in the forums, um, sort of post-Kickstarter, that the, the Ferdinand's was the one that everyone was talking about that they definitely wanted to see in the game um, after the Cobra. What is that? What is what is the appeal of the Ferdinand's? What is it? I actually don't know, because I'm more of an elite player than a frontier player. And I don't actually remember the Ferdinand's from Classic Elite. Ooh, controversial. Uh, I actually assumed it was a uh, oh a Frontier one, or maybe Frontier First Encounters. Oh, uh, okay. And- I, I, I'd, I'd got the impression from somewhere that the Ferdinand's was the kind of, I suppose, in the way that because you only flew the Cobra in Elite, obviously. Yeah, you did. But as you were going through the game, you would sort of encounter different ships, and that the Ferdinand's was one that you would encounter every now and again that was absolutely capable of just kicking your ass. That's quite possible, although I can't... It doesn't ring as many bells as, say, the Thargoids and things. 
Yeah. But again, I was also kind of shit at identifying what the ships were. It's just like, yeah, oh god, I'm being shot again. And the only ones I really developed an act of recognition for were the uh, Viper Mark IIs from the stations. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Oh, and possibly the crates as well. So Commander Snuffler in the chat says that it's from the original Elite and has posted the, the wireframe picture of it. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought that was an asp. No, it's not. Asp. Sorry, I thought that was no. an anaconda. No, yeah, no, the asp looked like a pair of Y-fronts in the original. <laughs> yes, the asp was a pair uh, of Y-fronts, that's right. Because Commander Yan has got a pair of Y-fronts on his T-shirt somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it does kind of look like the old Elite Anaconda, though, actually, except it's got these um, the two sort of detail panels on it. Or something, I have, yes. I have to say, I think the, the, the current modern interpretation of the Fertilance is gorgeous. It's such a pretty-looking ship. Yeah, and that was in a previous newsletter, that picture, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, it was. Ah, I've lost it. Hey, if someone if someone posted in the chat, we'll take another look at it. <laughs> you just like your ship porn, don't you, Jarvis? I, I do like a bit of ship porn. And then, hey, I was talking earlier today, and we were talking about planetary porn as well, because somebody was saying that they'd seen a pink... Oh, what was it? A pink-ringed gas giant. <laughs> Well, I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> you don't want a pink ring gas giant, do you? <laughs> it sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> no, but, yeah, sadly they'd moved on from that, and I was like, oh, what are you doing teasing us with this without showing it? <laughs> and Jack Weaver's just per- linked a thing to the Fertilance. Hey! You see the, the it is so pretty! Kids. Look at it! Look at it! It's so pretty! Yeah, very, very nice big dart shape. Interestingly enough, though, I mean, that kind of looks like um, they're, they're teasing everyone there because that looks like one of their custom paid-for paint jobs that you can... Yeah, it does. Rather than... I'm assuming the default Fertilance won't look like that. But that's like we'll never see the orange Sidewinder again, no matter uh, how much we want to see it again. Like, it's never going to happen. Yeah. And it's, it's such a tease as well because there are such perfect orange skins for a couple of the other ships. Exactly. Think, if I could just wrap that around the Sidewinder... It's I like they're trying to do it funny. to us on purpose, I reckon. <laughs> it's like, so we, saying... We'll give you a peek of the week that is an orange Sidewinder. You can base your entire show off of it, but you may never see it ever again. <laughs> you're Thanks, saying we're, we're even getting trolled by FD developers now. Yes, I am. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they're always trolling us, or trolling people anyway. This is why I shouldn't go and chat. I get distracted. Yeah, Stop talking to into people, the void Chris. For the void looks back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I think we're going to, this week, probably have to skip over what we had planned for our main discussion, are we? Because there is nobody here qualified to discuss. Well. What's that? Community goal thing. You've skipped it. Oh, yes, that's right. Community goals. Now, this was obviously a new thing that Frontier announced as part of uh, release 1.1, which was the ability, I think, for players to, to, to shape the galaxy around them by taking part in missions which would lead to a number of kind of environment changing outcomes. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, well, sort of. It's more construction outcomes, really, at the moment. Yeah. Okay. So there is a a new starport which has been built in the game as a result of players successfully shipping all of the building machineries, uh, building materials to the uh, Yembo system. 
and there is some sort of co- is it a competition no so it's uh, a bunch of commanders uh, posted a forum post talking about how len nimoy has been taken to hospital quite seriously ill and has yes. had some health problems for some time now and uh, somebody said well surely we should just call the new station because there's the competition for the for naming the station we should just call the new station something along the lines of Leonard, uh, Leonard Nimoy station or Spock station or Spock dock and I think it's a wonderful <laughs> idea I think it's brilliant I do like Spock dock actually I know Spock dock is great <laughs> but is there not I mean because some of the original um elite star systems that have been kept all the way into elite dangerous I mean obviously quite near um lave there's uh there's the ridley scott station there's the george lucas station is there not already like a leonard nimoy station was was there one in the original elite or not not that i've I've seen okay um i'm trying to think if there are any star trek related ones seem like the sort of thing that there should be in there but maybe maybe back in the 80s david was not a fan not a gene roddenberry fan (laughs) he might not have been (laughs) i don't know (laughs) Okay, but I think that's, you know, not, not, you know, not to force Frontier's hand, but I think that's quite a nice suggestion. I don't, I think, I think it's lovely, and, you know, people made a good point that perhaps with his ill health, he's not going to be with us forever, and he's such an iconic, um, actor and played such an iconic role that, that perhaps that, you know, that's, that's the least that, that some fans can do to, to pay tribute, and I just think it's a genuinely lovely idea. Yeah, and it's become quite a, a sort of modern thing, hasn't it, to sort of create these ongoing tributes to people um, in in sort of appropriate games. Because there was, after Robin Williams died, there was a call, wasn't there, to um, uh, have him placed in one of the Zelda games in some fashion. Uh, he was he was placed in World of Warcraft, as it happened, because he was a big World of Warcraft fan, and uh, they put him in the game as a blue genie. Ah, of course, excellent. Well, because the, no, the thing I was reading about was that because obviously, because uh, Robin Williams named his daughter Zelda after Princess Zelda, did he not? Yes, and I don't, I don't think Nintendo were particularly on on the receptive side of that. So Blizzard went ahead and uh, yeah. and, and took it upon themselves to to give him a, a fitting memorial. Well, I think it's always difficult with Nintendo properties, isn't it? Because obviously they are, you know, they are a Japanese company. Um, and I think culturally, sometimes these things don't really necessarily translate very well. I think it's more so they have they have their US division, but I think it's more yeah. that the development of their games isn't necessarily always um, Western. Yeah. And so to be able to incorporate it is a lot more challenging. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes as well, I mean, there's been FAQs previously about things like the um, the Pokemon development, the Zelda development, and they just kind of, you know, they posted this thing about, oh, I've got an idea for something or an idea for a story or an idea for a Pokemon. Who do I send it to? And they basically say in the, the FAQs, don't send it to us because our yeah. development's kind of a closed shop. And yeah. We have all our own ideas. So, ah, oh, well. But anyway... Yeah, I've also been told in the chat channel that there is a Kirk station and apparently numerous Khan related <laughs> systems. Nice. <laughs> is nice. this because of pledges saying what they wanted Could things be pledges. to be I mean, there is a oh White Heart Lane thing or something like that. I think there's a few football <laughs> ones I've seen. Excellent. Right. Well, um, as I was saying before, I think we have to. We were going to discuss the new forum rules this evening, weren't we? Um, 
but we don't have a single moderator on the show uh, to discuss it. It depends really how much you guys feel you know about it. I've generally been a very good boy, and I think I received one minor infraction because my oh my signature image was a little bit too large when they went off and resized the images. Uh, okay, you know. I've gotten a email saying, "Hey Ben, please go and resize your image." So I did, and that was it. Yeah, but I know it's not—it's not on the level of uh, you didn't accuse yeah. anyone of being a um, former socialist dictator on the basis <laughs> of them doing that, did you? No, I've not done anything like that. No, no, no. Fine, Lisa. I think I so talking about it from the perspective of a former forum admin. Not for um, Elite Dangerous, obviously, but for quite a busy and heated forum in the past. Uh, actually, the, the rules change, even though some of the wording may seem more aggressive and more strict, is actually far more lenient than the previous forum rules that were in place, as far as I can tell. So it's it, it comes across as a lot more complicated, I'll give it that. In, in the fact that it breaks things down in, into points and infractions and time periods of which you're banned and then various different kinds of ban. Like, the kinds of ban thing is is standard forum protocol, but the point system is a little bit more convoluted. And I think perhaps that they could maybe clear up that and, and what that means for people and maybe putting, like, a table in there with points and, and, and expiries funny, and things I like that. I actually thought that the, there is actually a table in there. Is there? Um, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't when they first the... went up, as far as I know. No. But... Um, on the 16th of February, post number four, there is okay. a great big table. That Brett Either way, I did, I did have a read through it, and I felt like it could have been... Maybe the explanation could have been simplified, because I know that some people are very concerned over point acu- accumulation. And what isn't got across very well is that the points have a, a decay as well. So depending on what you accrue the points for, they have a shorter or longer decay, which is the, the, the crucial part. And also, you know, when you get points for something, it's, you know, so it says here, I think, one of our one of our kind mods has given us some notes. So it says bans are more simple, technically. Uh, five points equals a seven day ban. Uh, Ten points equals a month ban, and fifteen points equals a perma ban. But obviously, you can accumulate those points, but then they decay away. So points expire over thirty days instead of ninety. Means that you have to consistently break the rules on a frequent and quite rapid basis to get yourself banned. Um, and you know. You're supposed to get better and clearer warnings. Stuff is more clearly defined as being an offence. This is all really standard forum rule fare, in my opinion. Uh, Ultimately, when you have a popular forum with a lot of traffic, a lot of users, you kind of have to rule with an iron fist to a degree. Some people may not like it, but ultimately it's not a public space. It's a private space, and I think a lot of people forget that. you can't just turn up and say whatever you like because it's the internet in forums. Somebody actually owns that forum and actually they get to decide whether they want you to say it or not. So I think sometimes people lose sight of the fact that rules are there to keep things civil because unfortunately some people aren't capable of being civil themselves. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> I guess I just have, I look at it from a perspective of a forum admin and, and the amount of work and time that it takes to manage, like, 
thousands of people talking to each other and upsetting each other constantly. I don't know. I think my take on it is that if you're a little bit naughty, then you can be a wee bit naughty, but it'll get cleared out quickly. Whereas if I go off and, as Java said, call somebody a, some kind of Eastern European fascist dictator, then if I go and do that twice, I'm out of there. Um, or if I go and tell people exactly how to hack the game client or get round other kind of infractions and things, then it's a lifetime ban immediately straight up with 100 points. Yeah, it, that's the thing. It's that people are like, oh, freedom of speech. Well, first of all, we don't have freedom of speech in the UK and Frontier is based in the UK, so you can have that one for free. Uh, if you're not willing to be civil in a private forum then you should probably leave and as somebody said in the chat right now it's wheaton's law don't be a dick and everything will be fine <laughs> excellent so are these new rules and this this clarification of the the the, the, the infraction system is this part of an attempt to to kind of clean up clean up's not really the right word but i mean the frontier forums in the last few months have become a horrible place to be. And I will freely admit for, for myself, when I do go onto the Frontier Forums, I make myself go on just to kind of get a handle around what kind of things are going on and what people are saying. But I don't go, I don't go there. I haven't been there for fun in months and I certainly don't go there, you know, for my own enjoyment. So is it, are these rules to try and bring the forums back into some kind of control and make it a better place that gamers can actually get together and have fun? Or is this around supporting the moderators who are having a horrible time and actually providing some visible, you know, the, the you know, to basically say to people, the moderators have a specific set of guidelines that they're adhering to. There's no sense getting on their backs about the decisions they're making because they're following these guidelines. Is it, is it either of those? Is it both of those? So I think it, so with one, you get the other. So if you control your, um, your forum users and you decrease the, the the noise ratio or the you know chat to noise ratio you better support your your administrators and your moderators you know automatically that's just how it works you by enforcing the rules better and making it clear what is and isn't acceptable and you put it out there in no uncertain terms in black and white for people and the moderators enforce by the, the, the letter of the law, they, both of those scenarios happen. It's absolutely an attempt uh, by Frontier to try and sort out the um, the influx of people. They've had such a large amount of people sign up to, to the forums between Alpha and Beta, Beta and Gamma, Gamma and Release. Like it's been such a huge number of people for them to deal with and for a relatively small number of moderators to deal with. And I don't think they, they anticipated the amount of traffic and the amount of chatter that they would have to, to deal with initially. And also I think perhaps because Frontier hasn't had the experience of running uh, a large scale mainly multiplayer focused game before they weren't prepared for the kind of people that they would have turn up in the forums yeah because i've noticed that people do seem to be almost i mean the reddit the elite reddit 
site was always very popular, but I've been seeing more and more comments recently of people saying that they've completely left the forums in favour of going over and discussing things on Reddit. Because actually, strangely, people were saying that they felt that Reddit was now a more positive place to discuss Elite than perhaps the forums had become. Well, I completely agree with that. I think um, one of the best things that I love about the Reddit idea is that the cream rises to the top. So you get to see all the good posts and... I'm not going to say all the friendly posts, but usually trolling and things like that will just get downvoted, so you have to really look for the trolling rather than actually just browsing in and seeing it. Okay, that's interesting. So is is that perhaps then a reflection of the fact that... I mean, because forums are quite an old-fashioned, you know, sort of thing now, maybe. Is that... Whereas Reddit's... Is Reddit quite new? I've only been aware of it in the last sort of 12 months. Reddit's been going along for donkey's years. Really? Okay. Um, but it has only relatively recently taken off, I guess. Um, but historically, it's... it's. I mean, I, I've been doing stuff in Reddit for... Crumbs. Six, seven years, I guess. Okay. Because, I mean, the idea that you can kind of upvote and downvote comments is a very kind of social media-oriented concept. Whereas whereas forums are very much a kind of, you know, a message board that goes back to, God knows, BBS days. Oh, yeah, forums go back to probably the 70s. Yeah, so is it not, I mean, is one of the things we're saying, you know, does, does a forum scenario struggle to cope with the kind of wave of negative comments and, uh, and moaning that the Frontier forums have seen? Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's, um, I think forums struggle to handle how users use modern media now because of like the sheer weight of opinion is is just mental on the internet now like everybody's got a computer everybody can have their say it's easy to use and so you get like i said you get a lot of noise and the nice thing about reddit is that each subreddit generally tends to be very indicative of the vast majority of a group of fans of a particular product game brand whatever and so you find that it's mob rule in most in most cases and so you know you get a majority voting on what they prefer what they like everything else and it's one of the few cases where where mob rule actually works out better um (laughs) it's a very strange sort of scenario where for whatever reason the the ed reddit subreddit is a very pleasant place to be because they all go no we can't be doing with people trolling or calling each other names or whatever else and so it doesn't get screen time and yeah i think i think frontier are trying to learn lessons from that it's taking them some time to sort of get their head around what they need to do but they'll get there i think it's just going to take them a little bit more time because they sort of they're in the shock phase and now and now they're like right okay we need to we need to get a handle on this but yeah excellent oh, well thank you very much few comments on that um we're going to take a short break now uh and when we come back we're going to have uh some news about the uh the 10k triple elite rating competition uh, more on that after this
Is your life like this? It could be like this. Astrogator Tours. Put some excitement back in your life. Book an adventure in the Lave Business Park. Now. The what now? And we are back. Excellent. Yes, welcome back. Uh, now, one of the things that I hinted at before we went away is there has been a there has been a claim made on the uh, triple elite rating competition. Does would somebody like to take us through this? I guess so. Yay. <laughs> Didn't say anything. So, elite um, or frontier, should I say, posted a competition a little while back at launch uh, about having a cash prize for I think it was. Um, if you got elite in any of the three ranks, you could potentially claim, I think it was a, 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 a grand's worth of cash prize. So that's a thousand UK pounds for each one. But if you managed to complete all three ratings at elite before anybody had claimed any of the other prizes, you would get 10,000 pounds for the triple elite rating. And uh, a commander on the forums called 1% has uh, has posted screenshots of the fact that he is elite rating in all three trading fighting and exploration and he's put screenshots up to prove that that he's completed those so i guess we just have to wait for frontier to say whether his claim is valid or not uh, though he did post a very impressive picture of uh, a massively shredded x52 pro like that thing has been battered it's it's dead i'm amazed it's still working but I guess if he gets the 10 grand, then he'll be able to buy himself a, a nice new hot ass. Yeah, that does look like it's seen some serious galactic mileage. But fair, been... fair play to the guy. It's, you know, that's quite, it's quite an achievement. If it is <laughs> legit, then like, congrats, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's obviously waiting on, I guess, because there doesn't seem, is there a comment on here? I'm just looking on the forums after his post to see if anyone from Frontier has kind of said anything. Um, cause there was a comment from somebody who was it? I was, I was Ed, Ed had said, had said they, they'd had a few people that had, um, maybe, maybe either come forward or, uh, that some data had come up, but I don't think there's been a response to 1% from Frontier yet confirming that they've, they've looked at the data and seen it. It was posted quite late in the day, so yeah. I'm guessing maybe we'll hear something tomorrow, hopefully, but we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, but, you know, really do hope for the guy that, that this is genuine and that he uh, that he's managed this. If not, it's going to be like that moment in the beginning of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where, where you think all the golden tickets have gone, and then it turns out that there is still a golden ticket out in the wild. Yes, but I, I feel for the bloke because he's basically destroyed his X-52 Pro. And if he doesn't get it, it's it's all for nothing. And I desperately feel for him. I would yeah. say it's all for nothing. I mean, if, as long as he's had fun. Well, yeah, it's pretty epic. Give him that. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's very impressive. And the flight time and things like that is very impressive as well. Yes. Yeah, because each each of the screenshots that he's posted has all the has all the stats attached as well. So go and go over to the forums and take a look, people, if you've not seen it already. Yes, he's made. What's he made here? This is well, but um, what's that? Is that fifty-seven million credits in combat bonds? That's quite a lot. That's mental. That is mental, and um, 
one billion credits in trading profit uh, on the market. I mean, that is just... So where, where do we see his um, playtime? Does that show up on any of these stats that he's posted? Sadly, playtime doesn't. I wish they'd bring it back because uh, uh, that used to be there. I don't know. It's always a bit of a mixed thing. My 3DS keeps a constant track of how long I've spent playing games. And it's always a bit of a kind of moment where you see how long you've actually spent playing and you think... <laughs> the small number shames you. <laughs> it no, shames it's you, not. but it's also quite nice. I like knowing these things. No, it's bad when it's the other end. I was looking at my uh, gameplay stats on the 3DS the other day, and I've spent 400 hours playing Animal Crossing. Did, did you sit there and go, what am I doing with my life? No, it's just like, I mean, talk about a wasted youth. I've had a wasted, I don't know what, a wasted everything. Has Animal Crossing taught you anything, Chris? It's taught me that there is a very fine line about how much a game needs to remind me how long I spend playing it. I spend... <laughs> so one of the things with Animal Crossing is I always kind of consider my job done with Animal Crossing. Once I've caught all the fish and all the bugs and found all the fossils, I sort of feel after that point that I'm coasting. And I had I had one fish that I hadn't been able to catch, and it was really awkward. And one day I sat down, and I must have spent four hours just continuously fishing. And that was the point at which I was thinking, this game does not want to make me think too hard about whether it is worth my time catching this one fish. Because once you pick at that thread, there's really no point playing anything. I'm pretty sure you could go out actually fishing and be more successful. (laughs) In four hours, I'd expect a bucket full of fish. But this is exactly the thing. I mean, I used to boot up Animal Crossing day after day and go in and, you know, water plants and whatever. And my mum kind of pointed pointed out to me that every plant I own dies because I don't go out in the garden and actually water them. But you will water your Animal Crossing plants, I bet. Yeah, yeah, because it's, you know, it's indoors. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't have to move too far to do it. They were pot plants, but... <laughs> yeah. I guess pot plants cactuses? that get street passes. No, I like cactuses because you don't water them. Any plant that doesn't really require any kind of watering is, is, is excellent. My wife has a some sort of plant from a bulb uh, on the shelf, and I think I'm, I'm amazed it's alive. We've had it for two years, and she waters it so much, it's actually... It's actually waterlogged. It's a centimetre deep in water. And for some reason, this poor thing still keeps going. But anyway, tangent aside, hopefully congratulations to Commander 1%. Yeah, and actually, do you know what? I've been slightly surprised almost. Not surprised, but I think I was expecting when Frontier announced this competition, I kind of felt like within a week we were going to hear, because there always seems to be someone that can put crazy amounts of time and effort into a game. You know, far more effort than either you or I would ever be able to put into it. And I kind of expected that, you know, by Christmas, someone was going to have claimed the sort of triple crown. So I'm actually slightly impressed that the game has required, like, two months' worth of grinding, even from the most committed person. Yeah, it's it's nice to see that it was a, an actual challenge for, for someone not just you know well, I'll spend a few hours on it here and there and oh look I'm elite already I think I think in fact that if elite had been that easy to achieve then people probably would have lost respect for the rating system considerably so yeah no no, no totally totally um speaking of our kind of epic achievements there was now I'm trying to sort of look this up in real time um <coughs> excuse me it was mentioned to us last week um, actually after the show and I know that Frontier have commented on it themselves there were two players who had both independently been tracking 
you know, all the way over to the other side of the galaxy. And coincidentally, they discovered that they were actually within a few short jumps of each other. Um, so these two guys met up on the very, very, very far other end of the galaxy. And I'm trying somewhere <laughs> to find what their names were. I believe um, that was in the newsletter, wasn't it? Was it in the newsletter? Yeah, I've got it here. Excellent. Go, Lisa. So, it's a uh, distant rendezvous, it got called. Commander Ranger Zero and Commander Camsel, uh, 43,000 light years from home, uh, managed to get within a few jumps of, of each other and had a very sort of tentative meeting out in the middle of nowhere. One, one on their way out and one on their way back home, I believe. But the odds Sorry. are... The way you're saying this, I'm like picturing it almost like sort of two people meeting up on a first date or something. But it's, it's sort of, it sort of is like that, I suppose. It's just Tinder for elite players. <laughs> Frameshift left or Frameshift right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? This is going to sound like the beginning really bad story, but speaking of Tinder, there was a... Um, I came across a Valentine's Day card when I was looking through Valentine's Day cards and one of them said something like, you know, you make me glad I swiped swiped right or something like that. And I thought it's come to this that now we actually have Valentine's cards targeted at people that met through Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> What's this swipe right thing? Well, so, uh, okay, so I, I've not actually tried it, obviously. And why do uh, you know anything about it, Chris? Oh, I know all sorts. So I, had a fr- I, had a f- I had a friend who was on Grinder for years, and Tinder's just the kind of Tinder's the straight version of Grinder. But um, I think it's a bit like. Do you remember back in the early days uh, of kind of really trashy websites? There was this hot or not website where yes, you would just I be present- you'd just be presented with an image, and you'd click hot or not, and that that was it. Tinder is kind of like that, except other people have your picture. And if you say that a picture's hot and the other person says that a picture's hot, you kind of get put in contact with each other. And it's, I'd, I imagine it's probably largely for hooking up and never seeing each other again. Uh, but the presence of Valentine's Day cards suggests that some of them might still be together. But if Elite Dangerous had a version of that, what would it be called? Would it be called <sighs> Shifter? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, or it'd be something like... Yeah, you would, you would have to just not be the the two options of hot or not. You would have to know whether they were federal or imperial as well. You'd just be like, oh, that's a really nice federal dropship. Swipe left, <laughs> swipe right. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. This is... Something a bit like this, you mean? I spend so much time in my imperial trader, I find it really hard to meet people. I mean, when do you get the time to go to bars when you're taking on courier jobs for the military? But with venusdating.com, it was so simple. I just put in my personal details and they found me my perfect match. I really thought it would be difficult, but Venus Dating made it so simple, with so much in common. We both like movies, walking along the beach at sunset. Browsing imperial shipyards. And of course, since we started dating, we've discovered that we both really love... (laughs) Shooting (laughs) Shooting Thargoids. Let your voyage begin with venusdating.com for every first encounter. Wow, that that was in danger of sounding planned. That was that was when almost did, like we had these things queued ready to go. When did we become so topical? What's going on? I'm confused and scared. <laughs> We're doing this professionalism thing apparently. 
<laughs> Excellent. Dating in Elite Dangerous. I think we were gonna. I think we're gonna leave that well alone because um, it's not that far from here to the old uh, Lave Radio favourite of space dogging, which thankfully uh, has not even yet been announced for one point two. So there is some mercy. Uh, I've lost my show notes. You're rubbish. I know I'm rubbish. This is why I don't normally do this. I've got like eight windows open and I can't find. I've been going between them like, no, that's the newsletter. No, that's the forums. No, that's Facebook. If if we're going to keep things relatively topical, maybe I should mention something about Elite Meat. Oh, Oh, God, no, please don't. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, I would just like to disassociate there any suggestion that Elite Meat is somehow related to Tinder because you will scare people (laughs) It's not. <laughs> it, it's completely not, no. All Elite Meet is basically meeting up in Birmingham on the 28th of March, so nearly a month away. Tickets are £10, and it's basically come along, have a drink, play some board games, maybe play some of Elite Encounters, and generally have fun and hang out with fellow geeks and nerds and talk about Elite. Yes, and it's in Birmingham. And it's in Birmingham. Uh, which is actually quite good news because I thought it was because um, the previous ones were Manchester, wasn't it? Yes, it was. The I idea was... of Elite Meet is that we're actually going to try and. Sorry, I'm saying we. I. I was not meant to have anything to do with Elite Meet, and then people <laughs> went off and said, "Hey, let's do it in Birmingham." So I said, "Well, okay, I'm in Birmingham. I can have a look around a couple of hotels for you." And then I've kind of it's been kind of given to me instead. Although Mike Snoz is basically arranging it all, but I'm obviously going into the hotels and doing the pimping and late radio and things. Ah, well, that's cool. Well, do you know what? If it's Birmingham, I might actually be able to make that because... Um, you have to come along. Yeah, no, well, did you know what? I was thinking it was Manchester, and I, I'm not probably not going to be in a position to get an overnight pass um, for that weekend. So, uh, But actually, if it's only Birmingham, that's not very far from me at all. Well, for what it's worth, I know Psycho is coming along, and Karash is coming along, and... Wait, well, you, you, you're trying to dissuade me now, are you? Oh, so that... Karash is coming <laughs> along. How can he coming along dissuade you? You're all and basically Amy. going to have a party without me. I am a little bit sad. I have invited you on several occasions. I know! <laughs> I know, but unfortunately I can't afford to go, so... You'll just have to have a drink for me. Birmingham is that bit further for you, isn't it? Well, given the fact that I don't drive, well, I would have to get the train. So, it, yeah, it's a bit more complicated. Or steal a car. <laughs> that still Pardon? would imply that I can drive, which I can't. <laughs> hey, if you've stolen the car, it doesn't matter. <laughs> drive it like you stole it, badly. Came, Chris. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I gather there is... Uh, so what's happening at Elite Meet? Is it just a social... It's basically just a social thing. I mean... Okay. Dave Hughes is going to be there, and he's going to be GMing some Elite Encounters. Okay. Um, I might wind up GMing some things, and I know Dave is trying to get some other folk to do it as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always certainly banned from being in Dave's. <laughs> um, well, he somehow allows Dan to keep playing. But then yeah. again, Dan's his publisher, so... This is true. This um, some people are taking along their PCs, so we'll have some Oculus Rifts and things like that. Oh, okay. Um, Colin will be coming along at some point with his Google Cardboard stuff. Oh, yeah. I need to talk to him, actually, because um, he's probably had more success with setting it up than I have. Yeah. It's, it's basically, it's, the whole idea is that LaveCon is great, 
but one of the things that at LaveCon, you're so busy doing everything because there's so much going on, and it's maybe harder to just sit back and chill. Yeah, that, that, that's how we try and market it. LaveCon is great, but that's, that, that's, that's brilliant. Just that. that's, that's our marketing strap line. It's great. I, I'm not. I don't do marketing. Um, <laughs> LaveCon is great, but Ben says it's very busy. It's incredibly busy, and that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a very good thing. Sorry, I'll add it onto the next uh, banner that I make. Shall I? I can just see Karen is going to murder me now, isn't she? Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Yeah, but, but I mean that's a that's a good thing that you know there is literally so much stuff going on on LaveCon, on multiple tracks. You, you the the whole idea is, from what I understand, that you're not going to know which way you want to turn. You know, you want to go and do this, you want to go and do that. I know what you mean. There is that tricky balance. I mean, it's like with festivals or any kind of um, convention. There is that tricky balance between there being only enough content so that everyone can kind of go around and do everything and you feel like you're kind of on a bit of a, uh, you know, a single track run through the thing versus creating the kind of, you know, program of events that means that everybody inevitably misses something yeah is that, is that kind of you know i always think that's a tricky balance i think that's a tricky balance when you go to festivals and things of thinking oh if you know i'm going to go to this but i'm going to miss out on that um and there's always that feeling that you know do you make do you make the wrong decision and go to go to the less exciting thing but then of course at lavecon there will be no less exciting things I think I think speaking of LaveCon, we should maybe maybe announce something quite exciting, given yes. the fact that we're talking about some of the community events right now. Definitely time for a LaveCon update. Um, so for those of you who are new to Lave Radio uh, and maybe don't know what we've done in the past, LaveCon is our annual convention of uh, elite and science fiction and role playing and writing and all things goodness. Um, we've run two previous events. Uh, and LaveCon 2015 is coming up, uh, and I should know the date off the top of my head, and I don't. 11th and 12th of July. Well done. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. It's Sedgebrook Hall, Northamptonshire. Indeed, indeed. It's beautiful. So, indeed. This is a, so this is a two-day event. Um, obviously, LaveCon, uh, as, as events were set up, uh, you know, by us around Lave Radio. So there is a huge amount of elite content, uh, but there is also a whole load of other stuff happening. And actually, there's been in the last couple of weeks quite a lot of things appearing in the LaveCon group about what's going on. And I'm just going to find some of them. So we've had an announcement, I think today, this is hot off the press, isn't it? Um, that there is a deck building game developer that's going to be there. What's he doing? Uh, Happy Otter Games, uh, who are creating a new game called Creature College, uh, and they will be demoing that at LaveCon. Uh, we've also had a confirmation of some sort of LARP event, which was called Ford. Uh, what's it called? I read that, but I didn't actually understand what it was about, I'm afraid. Okay, so it sounds like they're going to be running a, uh, a live-action role-playing game event at LaveCon. Um so for those of you who who don't know what live action role playing is uh it's very similar to tabletop you know role playing uh, except that you actually don't really sit around a table you actually kind of tend to get up and move around and do it in a real space um and this is something that it's Alan a bit like Karen... amateur pantomime is the best way to describe it <laughs> yeah or it's a bit like some of those murder mystery things yes, it's, you get it's, it's at home, yeah. only a lot better 
Yes. Just, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I just, I can't, what's it called? Oh, here we go. Uh, Air Robotics LARP. Um, so this is by Cole Ford, Lisa Shepard and Prudence Greenwood. Uh, and it's to do with traders, inventors and corporate pioneers securing the latest round of contracts from a corporation. Backstabbing and treachery abound. So that sounds good. I'll probably have a go at that. That sounds quite fun. That does sound good. I know. I, but also being kind of involved in the organisation, I always look at these things and I think, oh, am I going to have time to commit to this properly? I'm hoping they'll run more than one session over the weekend. So Yeah, true, true. Because that's the other thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, just choking. Well, Chris is dying there. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. <clears throat> Yeah, so because obviously quite often live role playing events take place over the course of an entire weekend. So are you hoping that they're gonna that these gonna be discrete? I imagine, sessions? like you said, it will be much closer to the murder mystery format, and so you can probably get it done in a in a shorter space of time. Okay, that's cool. Uh, and actually, while I'm on the page, in terms of my describing the, all the things that are happening at LaveCon, Karen has a much better description than I do. Uh, so it includes elite board gaming, LARP, cosplay a LAN, tabletop role-playing, workshops in things like writing and makeup, and I think I might be doing one on audio drama, but I'm not sure that's confirmed. Uh, the East Midlands, sorry, the East Midlands Nintendo Street Pass guys will be there. There'll be demos, special guests, and other exciting plans. And speaking of special guests, who do we have, Lisa? So we have had confirmed that from Frontier Developments, we will have Mr. Edward Lewis, who's the community manager. We'll have Chris Gregory, who is the art director, and Mr. Michael Brooks, the executive producer, who who is now, I think, a LaveCon fixture. Um, and hopefully we'll have some more names of some Frontier people uh, within the next few days to announce. But for now, that's, uh, that's who we can confirm is definitely coming to LaveCon. Excellent, because we can't guess at this stage how busy they're going to be around that time of the year in terms of uh, when the next update, the next big update will be. I know that I know that quite a few of them are, are going to be busy at various different trade shows. So I think they're, they're trying to sort out who's in the country and who's not. And then whoever is in the country is probably going to be coming our way. But fingers crossed, we'll have some, some more names soon. Excellent. Uh, and tickets for that are available through the Lave Radio website. Uh, if you go to laveradio.com and click on LaveCon 2015. LaveCon 2015, and there is a booking link under there that will take you straight to it. Uh, so hopefully we will see some of you, if not all of you, there. And One of the things that I'm really looking forward to is the fact the hotel's got a lovely spa as well. Yes, I'm going to have a chance to do that. You're going to get yourself hide up. in the spa. Yeah, you're gonna see if you can book yourself a mani, a pedi, and a facial. Oh, uh, I, I think it's the kind of thing that might be essential for Sunday morning. You, you heard it here first, folks. Ben is gonna get a facial at Lavecom. <laughs> I'll do a sponsored one if I can. <laughs> sponsored? No, I'm not gonna. Oh, sponsored wax my legs. Stop now. Stop, <laughs> stop now. I I almost spat wine all over my computer. Please stop. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think Ben's tuned in to me yet, Lisa. That's fine. He'll uh, he'll he'll learn. He'll learn. <laughs> also, you have no idea how painful waxing is. Don't even joke about that. Yeah, I know I don't, but I've seen <laughs> it and things. But you know, we need more Sam licenses. So <laughs> we have. We have I'm not, no, don't even think about this, Ben. Just stop now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Excellent. And while we're massively self-promoting our own stuff, um, we have now live a 24-7 live radio. It says music stream, uh, but I think we have a little bit more than music, don't we? Because I think um, uh, episodes of Escape Velocity are going out on it as well. Is that correct? Yes. I'll ask it's a question. I should know these things, but I don't. You should. You should, given it's yours. <laughs> I really should. Um, but yes, so if on the very thing that you are listening to this now, if you are listening to us live, generally speaking, this broadcasts music and other elite slash live radio related stuff uh, all day round. So if you're looking for in-ship radio, uh, it's a pretty good website to tune into, I think. It is pretty good. It's, I'm great. I was listening to it actually all day today at work, and I love developing to this kind of music. It's just the kind of thing that I listen to all the time. Because <laughs> um, I find with vocal music that I just catch myself singing along, and that's not a good thing. Whereas the stuff that the um, other SoundCloud group has done, it's yeah. just brilliant. It's, it's Some of it's mellow, some of it's quite hardcore. It's just a good variety of really nice music. I know, yeah. I know I go on about it all the time, but I think we're incredibly lucky to have such talented people in the community who are willing to dedicate their time and their, and their creativity to stuff like this. Like some of the composers from the, um, the Elite SoundCloud group are just amazing. Uh, so, you know, being able to, to give them a platform, I think for us is, uh, is, is quite special. No, no, yeah, no, that is genuinely excellent. Um, and uh, does it does the player come up with the name of the tune you're currently listening to? Or is no, it, not at the moment. No. Oh, okay. Well, well, that's a pity. But either way, yeah. but uh, I think a lot of the songs are prepended by the composers' uh, comments, and some of them are absolutely hilarious and great to listen to as well. <laughs> every time, you know, every time I tune into it, um, it's something I already know of Alan's. So I think I'm just picking the wrong moments. Not that I don't, I do love Alan's music, but obviously uh, with it being the soundtrack to the audio books and the Lave Revolution audio drama, I do hear them quite a lot. You're sort of ingrained on your brain now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talking Was that about the audio, audio stuff. Yep. Can I just actually give you full kudos on, stre- on stream officially here that I've just finished listening to Drew's book. Oh, yes. And you did a bloody good job, mate. Oh, thank you very much. It, it is, I have to say, I mean, uh, it is an excellent book, and I think it's it's come together very well between the between Drew's writing um, and Toby Longworth's uh, not just performance of, of reading the book, but just his ability to embody so many different character voices. Uh, I think it's all. I think it's come together into something you know very special. And talking of Toby Longworth, I saw that Dan actually posted that Toby Longworth is going to Fantasticon at the end of the summer. Yes. Well, the, the very end of the summer. Yes, the very, very it's, end. It's the end of October, isn't it, Fantasticon? Something <laughs> yeah, like it's quite late in the year. Yeah, and that's yeah, in Hull. Uh, that's in Hull. Uh, and again, you know, if we're talking about, you know, if we're talking about events... Um, the first Fantasticon was last year and was a platform really originally conceived um, to be a sort of official launch of some of the, the the elite novels that were being released. And again, that's turned into 
a much wider kind of science fiction event. So I know that Dan from Fantastic Books Publishing has been confirming people left, right and centre, you know, actors and people who are bringing kind of movie props and chances for photo shoots. And there was a huge cosplay kind of presence there last year. So uh, that's another, you know, good event to look out for if you search for Fantastic on 2015. We have, speaking of books, we have another elite book coming our way. Now, in some respects, this is the, the flagship book. This is the official follow-up to The Dark Wheel. Uh, this is Michael Brooks's own elite novelization. Uh, I think the best person to talk about this would be Lisa. Yeah, well, obviously, um, I imagine a bunch of people who, who bought the book uh, or pre-ordered the book have got it in their hands now because the hardback paperback and the ebook are available now. So if you haven't bought it before, go buy it now. Uh, our writer's interview with Mr. Michael Brooks goes up tomorrow at midday GMT. Uh, so that's Wednesday the 25th. So if you're listening to this um, after we've uploaded it to iTunes, then it's probably a few days ago. <laughs> yeah, a couple, couple of weeks ago. Look for it in your history. Uh, but we'll have something special on the on the writer's interview with Michael as well, uh, because he was the judge of our competition drabble, or our drabble competitions, should I say. Uh, he selected a winner and very kindly agreed to read the drabble out as well for the interview. So if you want to find out who's won the competition, you have to go and listen to that interview. Excellent. So so you're saying that Michael Brooks's the e-book of that novel should be available now? Yes, it should be. It should be in store now. So I should have it if it's part of my Kickstarter. Yes. No. No. Ah, no. Okay, no, so no, Kickstarter, no. Kickstarter stuff hasn't been fulfilled yet. Um, but if you want to go buy it, it's there for you to buy. But if you've spent about £40 on the game or more, you've already got it. Yes. But you can buy it again. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think, I think they're trying they're to figure out how to give yeah. it to people. They're trying to they're trying to figure out how to um, sort out the fulfilment on their store for people who have already bought it. So how right. to make it available for download without people having to repurchase it, if you like. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, what are we always recommending to people just to be patient? Yes, I think so. Excellent. Maybe maybe <laughs> read some of the other elite fiction if you haven't already. I would recommend that, but then again, I'm Scottish, so. <laughs> yeah. Although, if Michael were to release an audiobook of Elite Reclamation, is it not Reclamation? Elite Legacy. 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 I would very, very, very much like a, an audiobook of that, and I would pay good money for it. Okay. Hint. <laughs> Michael, we know you listen. <laughs> Does he still? This is, we've been doing this for two years. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. I don't know if he listens. <laughs> <laughs> well, he still knows who we are because they let me in the building to talk to him. So you know that's that's good, right? <laughs> that's a good sign, I suppose. Yes. Excellent. Right, uh, we are going to take a short interlude and uh, be back shortly.
I'm Trent Stephen Findlist Jr. and I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name's Pete and I'm a long distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leasty to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard working blue collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent. That sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts. No need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics. Now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics. Because the family that grows old together goes cold together. And we are back. Uh, time to do some uh, questions that have been posed to us. Where are the questions? I should have found this before we went into this. I don't think we got any this week. Chris, I've Did just not? given you four minutes. I know, do you know what? And then, because then you said, oh yeah, we're going to go into the next section. And I'd done my usual trick of reading too far down the show notes. And I realised I'd just missed another section. So have I been given a reprieve by the fact that no one's asked us any questions this week? Probably, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Excellent. Well, in that case, uh, it's time for all manner of shout-outs. Uh, so thank you very much to everyone who's listening live, um, either in the chat or not in the chat. Uh, but currently with us in the chat, we have Azeron, Commander Bundina, Commander Planet Rob, Commander Racher, Edison, Fish, Fozzers in. Uh, I hope the little one's treating you well. Uh, Gal Midden, Gimme, Goose4291, Greyblade, Ian W, Jack Weaver, Gintosh, John Stabler's also in. Uh, Leko, Listery69, Sneevus, Voidsun, Zafog, and Zenoik. So thank you all very much um, for coming in there. Who else do we shout out to? Ben? Well, we normally shout out to the commanders in game, but because I'm driving the the show today crash, um, <laughs> I'm afraid. And sorry to anyone who's around, Lave. Yes. Usually people like Galmudden and Goose and things like that. So, love yeah. you guys. Sorry I can't be with you, but I've posted a picture on my desktop and I can't fit Lave, I can't fit Elite Dangerous into my desktop. So, <laughs> sorry. Yes, and I think, Lisa, you've got to reinstall Elite Dangerous, haven't you? Uh, well, yeah, it's it's not long finished reinstalling. So, no, yes, it, it's not long finished reinstalling and all of my settings are gone. So I have to input all of my settings again. Yay. Oh, uh, well. I think also we need to point out <laughs> that we're not using Mixler anymore as well. So there's that. 
Yes, apologies to anyone who has turned up tonight in the Mixler chat. Uh, we have moved on to a slightly different platform, uh, so now all of our live streaming is through the laveradio.com website, and there is integrated chat on our site. So apologies um, if, I don't know, I guess you're listening to the podcast and you were all on your own in the Mixler chat the other night. I believe that Psychoco said he was hanging around a bit in Mixler just to redirect people. I, I yeah. sat around in there as well and, and, oh, and posted the link to the new one, so hopefully we've got everybody moved over now. Fingers good. crossed. Good, good. Obviously the live thing is still very much a new project for us, and we are sort of gradually working out the uh, the, the, bug, the bugs and wrinkles in our platform. Um, we have an iTunes review. Is it posted anywhere we can see it? <laughs> I believe it was... Four out of five, and Fozza cried. Oh, okay. Um, oh, was this the gentleman that was, that was incensed by the fact that some of us hadn't had time to play Elite recently? Well, I think that's a probably valid criticism. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it's, it's fair. I just, you know, I, I unfortunately had to reinstall my operating system, so <laughs> that's going to that's gonna put a dampener on most stuff. Well, I see. I, I normally get the chance to play Elite Dangerous while we're doing these podcasts, uh, but since I was given the job of hosting, I mean, you know, as you can see, my level of concentration is all over the place as it is. I really don't think I could have fitted in playing ED as well. Attention span of a gnat. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email us at info at laveradio.com. Uh, we are on Facebook. Our page is Lave Radio, and we are Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join in the Skype chat channel by adding Fozza101 to your Skype contacts. And if you'd like to chat live, you can jump into the Lave Radio TeamSpeak channel, which is laveradio.teamspeak3.com. Uh, thank you very much, Lisa and Ben, for joining me this evening. Thank you, Chris. And thank you for everyone that's joined us tonight in whatever form. Uh, Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Two seconds, I'll be right back.